Hello and welcome to the Noisy Hatcher podcast. It is episode six and I have not edited the podcast I had intended to edit. So this is going to be a check-in session, a check-in podcast, just a hello. It might be uh, three minutes. It might end up being 30 minutes of me rambling on about nothing. But like I said last week, it is, uh, you know, the promises to ourselves, the hardest ones to keep. So I'm keeping that promise, even if it's slightly different. And does that does that count? I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was going to edit the podcast with my friend Jen, and it was a very chilled podcast. Um, we recorded it a few weeks ago, talking about travel and um, being half British and half something else. She's half Spanish, and we talk. Uh, we also, I think, started the call just talking about my face and terrible understanding of skincare um, at my age, because I should know. Apparently, I should know better by now than to just leave my skin. Anyway, so yeah, that I'll put that out next week instead. And then I've still got one with Rosie Wilby as well, uh, who's a comedian and writer, and she wrote the breakup monologues. So I'll put that out as well. I'm trying to line up a few more. Um, Curtis, actually, so we were going to do one about um, rugby, so we could just chat about rugby. But actually, we're going to do one about career changes because he was a guitarist a few years ago and it now works in comms in formula one so i think actually that might be quite useful to um to younger people especially um or even you know people in their late 20s thinking about a career change so i'll i will we'll do that one instead my week has been busy 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 um sort of mentally uh mentally busy drain not quite draining but very full so started a new job, as I mentioned uh, last week, and think it's going well. Really, really enjoying meeting people again. I think I keep uh, saying to every single person who talks to me at work that, oh my God, it's so good to like talk to people, real people. Maybe I'll stop this podcast now that I'm actually uh, out in the world again and can talk to people because I don't know how much I've said on previous podcasts, probably a lot, or how well you know me, but it has not been an easy... You know, I say it's not been an easy few years and the more I think about it, I'm like, I think I've had a pretty difficult mm, 10 years, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I haven't, you know, when you don't, I don't feel like I've got into the stride of my life. You know, I don't think I've got into a rhythm. I know I've, that's obviously partly my personality and partly all my interests and that I've just somehow gone along with various other plans and ideas that aren't always mine um but yeah I mean what year are we 2022 2010 2011 2012 something like that I was living like you know in a village in Sussex and was very very isolated um then I decided to de-isolate myself move back to London then I went away by myself to LA where I sort of left people back home but made more friends there and went to Paris and that was cool um and then yeah went back to London and then all the isolation bollocks again so it's been a little bit up and down yeah I should have got into the rhythm of life by 36 shouldn't I should I shouldn't I I feel like uh, I dated a German once who um he had been in a routine for nine years like his life had been the same bar a promotion or two or you know dating a different girl or other but 
his literal daily routine had been exactly the same. And I think I manage, I've managed the most, I think I've managed two weeks. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I feel like I've said this before. You know, when, you know you're getting old when you just have the same stories that you repeat. Um, I think, yeah, me and Curtis have gone round now. We've we've gone four years and now we're saying the same stories. But you get to a point where it's not just you're telling each other the same stories. It's you've forgotten that they've told you the story. So it's just like rediscovering over and over <laughs> in these four-year cycles. Um, I should have made notes because I've literally forgotten what I the bare bones of what I had thought about to say and I've forgotten what I've already said I'm very tired a bit of insight I well I I think I've talked about this before so today was my first medication day for the next two weeks because I have to keep some things under control um with the old with the old ADHD and so I was very hyper on all my calls today and sort of just had to say you know I've had like four coffees not because I care about people knowing, but because you 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 making pe- you can make people feel uncomfortable, can't you? On a call, and you go, "Oh, it's my meds." And also, I hate that we're in this meds fucking generation now, aren't we? I hate it. Like, isn't it crazy how many like tweets and posts you see? It's like, oh, and you don't remember your meds and blah blah blah. I'm like, what? We we shouldn't all be doing this. I don't think it's right. That's not being anti, you know, medication, but. I don't know. It's like anything. Surely there has to be an end date. Surely, surely we have to get better. I mean, I know that doesn't apply for everything. I'm just talking out loud. But this whole idea of needing medication to cope with life forever in some form or other is um, it's very interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just probably getting old and thinking that something's gone wrong along the way. But it's perfectly normal in the same way food is a form of medication if you take it you know, I don't know, often enough, what am I on about? I'm so tired. I didn't sleep much last, I woke up at five, that's why I'm fucking tired. I woke up at five, went to bed at like 11 and I had a drink last night and I shouldn't have had a drink. And I had two drinks last night, Um, literally three hours after telling myself that um, I'm not drinking, but I am definitely not drinking because I can't for the next two weeks. So that'll be fun. Right, six minutes and 50. What else can I ramble on about? You can turn off now. It's fine. Um, So yes, new job has been awesome. So many people, so many great people. Honestly, I'm having all these conversations and just smiling throughout them and thinking, is this what like, is this what life is actually like? Um, So that book I talked about the other week called the... um, the courage to be disliked and it's all about um adlerian 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 theory um adlerian psychology and it's you know that whole idea that your traumas don't make you you react to them and you're sort of living out you're reliving um you're trying to correct those traumas in in your day-to-day life so it's a bit it's it's a bit of a no excuses kind of theory and part of uh, one of the things I read um, was that if you you know you view people as your enemy you know um, uh, you shouldn't view people as your enemies and um, sort of a positive psychological kind of mindset positive psychological mindset positive mindset a good mind Jesus Christ should I just stop this now (laughs) I don't think this is worth anyone's time is it me um, me just twattering on um 
what was my point? I'm trying to do this without editing as well because I always over edit and then I spend too much time and I need to get better at um, managing managing my time and not trying to make things perfect or even half good. The Adler, Adlerian psychology. Um, yeah, how it basically talks about how damaging viewing people as enemies are um, and, you know, how you have to assume that they're sort of friends and not enemies, um, I think. Uh, I'm sure there was there's more sort of detail on that Um, and yeah and I think honestly when we're isolated sitting at home in any capacity no matter how like smart or sociable or extrovert a person you are or think you are if you aren't seeing human beings um, it is so easy to think everyone's against you and then obviously that sort of starts up this just negative mindset when you do meet people you're more likely to think that they're sort of you know you're reading into what they're saying and I've definitely noticed myself doing that so this week um I have to always I do have to work hard at like not reading into facial expressions because I am acutely sensitive to them and I think I'm right like I think I'm right just ask my partner he he can't like move his mouth a millimeter without me knowing what's up or down um so it's it's quite hard having to switch that side of me off because like even if you can sense what someone's thinking or feeling or how they view you it doesn't matter so I have to I do have to work really hard at that when I'm having conversations with people like there's a few people that I'm talking to and I'm like um, am I annoying them are they you know um have I said something either uh, that has pissed them off or offended them or am I just yeah irritating um so yeah and and knowing that cool even if they even if you have it doesn't matter um which I think is just like sorry I'm having to move my back massager which is not not comfortable funnily enough um yeah so I'm finding that sort of something to to grapple with um is it just me do like or is it a woman thing or like are you, I don't know, I don't know who's listening, but are you kind of, do you have any sixth sense or special sense about what someone's thinking or feeling or how they're viewing you? I mean, you only ever really know if you're right when it's like intimate relationships, right? But it's it's interesting, isn't it? How, how, can, how much can we trust our experience of someone else? Um, and do we just go, that's fine, it's my experience of them. I know it may or may not be true. It doesn't matter though, because all that matters in my life is my experience of people have I just bought a new screen I've just bought a new screen I can just say I've scratched it yep I have scratched a new screen today is going well yeah to what extent do we just go this is what I think this person is saying or thinks or feels or whatever it is and we just go and that's fine that's what I think so that will be my reality and I'll make that my truth which I suppose is where the importance of mindset and positive mindset or, um, you know, looking for positive evidence um, to then make your experience a positive one. So even if therefore you're viewing someone incorrectly and you're thinking, oh, they meant this lovely thing, even if they didn't, if you're, if you've trained your brain to look for the positive stuff, then that becomes your reality. Um this is already fucking obvious stuff, I know. Um, 
so yes, meeting people has been brilliant. Uh, and it's given me a lot of um, energy, I suppose, because I've always, that was one thing I really struggled with during lockdown was from not being on stage and not singing that I just completely lost. And I think I've, it's still not quite back really, um, you know, completely lost that sense of, of who I was because I just was so used to performing. And that kind of, I suppose, sends you a bit, um further inside yourself further inside yourself as well um like if you if your personality is performed anyway so like if you swing between kind of your quiet internal moments and you know ta-da this is me on stage and you know you're singing someone else's songs and you're um playing up to either like sexy stereotypes or whatever you're meant to be to perform a certain way yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why I struggled so much because when that was taken away, I was like, "Who the fuck am I?" Um, with with no one to perform to, either personality wise or singing wise. That's a depressing thought, really, isn't it? There was some quote about men and women and how like men like to watch women and women like to be watched. Um, it's some sort of um, writer. Um, it's not Simone de Beauvoir, is it? Maybe. No. I'm going to have a look. It was not Simone de Beauvoir or a woman writer at all. Um, John Berger in Ways of Seeing. A woman must continually watch herself. She is almost continually accompanied by her own image of herself. While she is walking across a room or while she is weeping at the death of her father, she can scarcely avoid envisaging herself walking or weeping. From earliest childhood, she has been taught and persuaded to survey herself continually. And so she comes to consider the surveyor and the surveyed within her as the two constituent yet always distinct elements of her identity as a woman. She has to survey everything she is and everything she does because how she appears to men is of crucial importance for what is normally thought of as the success of her life. Her own sense of being in herself is supplanted by a sense of being appreciated by herself, by appreciated as herself by another. Oh God. One might simplify this by saying men act and women appear. Men look at women, women watch themselves being looked at. This determines not only most relations between men and women, but also the relation of women to themselves. The surveyor of woman in herself is male the surveyed female. Thus, she turns herself into an object and most particularly an object of vision, a sight. Well, isn't that really fucking depressing? <laughs> that is depressing. But I don't know, is that like... John Berger's Ways of Seeing is one of the most stimulating and the most influential books on art in any language. First published in 1972, it was based on the BBC television series about which the Sunday Times critic commented... This is an eye-opening in more ways than one of the blah, 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 boring, boring, right. Okay. Um, right. Well, there we go. Anyway. Uh, so, yes. John Berger. I won't look further into that for now. I'm sure I'd heard some feminist writer had said something similar to it. But isn't that pretty depressing and also makes perfect sense, um, especially if you've been raised, like I have, in a hyper-patriarchal environment where everything you do is analyzed 
but yeah just being aware of of being watched and on top of that with the religion element that I was raised with it's um you've got the angels on your shoulders you know you've got not good angel and bad angel but the one that writes down the good stuff one that writes down the bad stuff and god's watching on top of that so you've got men your family angels and and god so pretty fucked in terms of a sense of authentic self i think um 17 minutes well done me <laughs> 17 minutes about a shite. I was also thinking today about, so I was chatting to someone earlier about like books I'd written and things I have finished and not finished. And it just got me to thinking about like the whole idea of finishing projects and what is it about creative stuff that when we leave it, we're like, we don't finish it. Why does that like um bore away at our souls is it just me it's like when you know you've got something you've started or not finished or in in anything it could you know it could be a documentary it could be a diary entry you know it could be the habit of keeping up a diary or it could be a a story or a song or whatever and you know I'll, i'll know that all the greatest writers and singers and you know songwriters and everything they'll they'll have so many songs that sort of had a glimmer or glimpse of brilliance but they didn't finish or didn't do anything with I know there'll be loads and loads of cases of that but yeah what is it about um writing that I don't know I feel it really deep inside me that's this huge disappointment about unfinished projects even the ones that you know you're sort of leaving behind for a reason like for example, the memoir I started writing when I was in my early 20s. And there's loads of reasons why I didn't finish it. Um, I mean, I did, I wrote a several drafts, but I didn't um, edit it to the standard I wanted to. I didn't really know much about, I didn't know enough about writing when I started it, even though I had loads of encouragement from sorts of industry contacts and, and friends and stuff. It became this really massive deal. And it became something I think I've said about before, about the, hooking my identity onto um but I still feel like I I, every now and again I still see what I can turn that story into like should that be a podcast series like I I started writing like a a a sort of condensed um short stories um from from the memoir I've done like fictionalized stories from it um you know I sort of did a really bad young adult fiction draft but there's still this sense of that story is not done it's not complete and I don't know whether it's just you know the story within me you know blah um or if it's actually the format it's like I'd intended to write a a sort of you know memoir about a certain experience or a set of experiences and and I didn't get it to the place I wanted because I didn't quite feel I was doing justice to what was inside me I suppose so that's unfinished so so yeah I guess I can I can be okay with the fact that you know it'll never be a memoir because I don't think it should be um but it feels like it still needs to be something and and that and with um and you know the same goes for these other drafts I've written um that you're like oh it needs to be something which I suppose is why I'm just doing the shortcut thing which is the podcast and just chatting shit and bringing some of that stuff up um so that there's like a way of talking about some of the themes but yeah why does um 
why does not finishing stuff just like hang over our heads my head especially I don't know so I thought I'd get up um get up a couple of articles google things um and see what other people have written about that I can just yeah one of the reasons people don't finish tasks is their fear of being evaluated sure maybe that's a task though that's not like some deep creative burden or story or does this you know what does this just all come down to the fact that when you're not listened to as a child you will always not feel listened to enough so there'll always be something inside you some sort of story some idea whatever project that you hold on to in order to tell yourself that when that is finished I will feel listened to but you don't finish it because the reality is you'll never feel listened to enough because you can never overwrite that childhood experience. Possibly. Um, right, psychologytoday.com has five ways to finish what you start and why you often don't. Let's read this bullshit. Oh no, she's got a PhD. I'm sure it'll be clever. Um, why are we abandoning projects? Starting a new project is like falling in love. Sure. It's exciting, emotionally arousing. Hmm and infused with a natural motivator of novelty. See, I don't like this analogy. You could just, you don't like... Also, yeah, I don't like these analogies because you don't need to talk about it's like falling in love because falling in love is different for other people. It's completely, it's like, it's very lazy. It's very lazy, in my opinion. You don't need it. We imagine it's as all good... We imagine it as all good and don't pay much attention to potential obstacles, downsides or challenges we may seem facing. Like some, this person has never, clearly never started a project. Like that's all I do at the beginning of a project is look at the downsides, challenges and obstacles. And and I do that, <laughs> I do that at the beginning of relationships as well. This bitch doesn't know me at all. Um, that is exactly how I start relationships. Like literally writing a list down of everything that could go wrong. And then risk management, risk assessment, sensible. Okay, so that's boring. Um, how to avoid getting stuck. Become aware of your pattern of starting and stopping. Hmm. Research more deeply into your next project before jumping in. Know yourself and try to be realistic. Try be realistic. Hmm. Maybe, maybe try not being full of typos. Uh, make a timeline. Wow, I'm sounding pissy. I'm not. I'm feeling more sassy now I've actually got an article to focus on ensure your main motivation is intrinsic do you really want to do this for personally meaningful reasons or do you think finishing your book will get you lots of money or prestige maybe maybe not okay fine so maybe that last one um yeah motivations but no motivations change this is the whole thing where people go oh you need to be motivated enough to do something it's like I can just I can change my motivations by I don't know seeing a bird I'd be like, ooh, why don't I, like, farm birds? Start pigeon, what, a pigeon carrier business? Pigeon racing? I don't know. Anyway, point is, very easily distracted and motivations uh, change. So the whole thing is like, oh, you need to know, if you're sure on your motivation, then you'll carry on. It's like, no, because you can be very sure of a motivation. Um, and then that motivation will mean nothing because new evidence is brought to light or whatever and obviously the yeah all (laughs) the rest of this google page google page google search is um all comes up with adhd stuff so living with adhd tips to focus and stay on task why do i waste so much time blah 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 
Yeah, I don't think that's why it gets to me. I mean, I'm I'm sure the ADHD is why I have not finished certain things. Um, but I would also say money is another reason. Um, like, because I always manage to decide to do creative things. Like, I can't do it alongside having a normal job. I have to do it. I struggle to um have a routine with uh with creative stuff. The long quest for routine. All right, inability to finish things. Leave that. Right, unfinished business as well. So I was thinking as well with um. I'm embarrassed for myself uh, just rambling on like this. Um, So I might put it out and then like override it tomorrow when I have time to edit, uh, edit another podcast. We'll see. Um, It is definitely nearly bedtime. I've got a bag of Haribo, which I don't, I never really ate sweets, but the last few weeks I keep seeing Tangfastics, which FYI are not as fizzy as they used to be. Kids are not getting the full experience that they deserve personally. Um, in my personal opinion. Um, are you finishing or quitting? Yes, there we go. Because I, I googled quitting and finishing. So yeah, I was going to say, it's not just about like projects and creative projects, but also like relationships. We don't, like, when we say a relationship is finished, that's over. Like That's okay. We can make, we can make peace with that. I think we can make peace with finished relationships. <laughs> I can make peace with relationships being finished more than I can make peace with a creative project not being finished. Like, like I don't get haunted by a relationship in the way I do by something that I set out to do for myself and left unfinished. I think. I don't think that is a, um, there's any value in that comparison, is it? Maybe. Hmm. Right, some fucking articles from Citizens Advice, leaving a job. Right. Not, I mean, granted, I have not dug deep into the realms of JSTOR and all these academic journals. Um, But yeah, there is nothing wrong with quitting something and yet that word alone feels defeating. To quit can feel like failure. Yeah, I haven't quit stuff. It's just always on my mind. Right. So I did look up the psychology behind not finishing things. This is all just the same. Is it just me or is everything just the same? Everyone's saying the same stuff. I need sleep. Um, I really need sleep. This is this is just a heinous um, podcast episode. I'm terribly sorry. Um, what else was I going to say? What have I got to this week? Um, I need to look at my diary. So yeah, I was in London Tuesday to Thursday um meeting people I put two appointments to in my calendar to go to the gym did not do those might cancel the body pump session no I'll I'll try to go to body pump tomorrow (laughs) um Tuesday I've got my comedy night um in Woking that'll be awesome tickets have not sold as well as I wanted to them to but um hopefully we'll get a few more over the weekend uh, yeah, we've got this guy called Tom Horton who's headlining and he's hilarious and Darius Davies, who I've mentioned before. Um, and we have Chin Wang and uh, Cesar Alcazab and he um, he's just got back from gigging in Sweden. Oh, and I'm singing uh, a week Saturday as well because uh, there's a, a singing gig available. So I thought I'd do that too. And I've got a work in progress show in like six fucking weeks. Like, I don't know. I just, what? Like, I literally, I was told to scare myself into doing a work in progress show 
So I book it in, so I had to book it in and I booked it in with Hen and Chickens Theatre in um, Islington. Split bill with uh, two math men who are fucking brilliant. They're like beatboxing musicians and super, super cool and funny. And um, I booked it in and I haven't really written anything. So it's only going to be half an hour. And to be fair, I could probably, well, I'm now hitting the half an hour mark of rambling. So I could definitely stand and talk as people leave. Um, I'm sure I could do that well. But no, I've, I've got at least like, 15 20 minutes of of stand up that I could sort of churn out quite easily and I wanted to um incorporate a couple of songs I've written too so we'll see we'll see it's um kind of working working title daddy issuesy sort of thing we'll see how that goes I'm so sorry this has been utterly dreadful um but yeah it has been it has been a crazy week I've still got blogs to finish off I've got backlog of podcast to edit um i have actually been working tonight and in, in, oh, until about half an hour ago i was working because i want to get on top of stuff um and i don't tend to do that very well in, in office hours so yay for routine but i'm gonna i'm gonna post this i'm gonna then actually have half an hour on the sofa and i'm gonna go to bed what a life um but this weekend yay my niece is coming my amazing brilliant wonderful super super talented and clever and joyous niece she's um 13 and we are taking her to um mclaren racing's open day because i want her to get a yeah um get a flavor for stem stem careers and racing and yeah because she is she's brilliant and i'm very very passionate about young awesome women doing whatever the fuck they want um anyway also old awesome women doing whatever the fuck they want that's that's my aim i might write that on my wall okay i'm gonna go and just put this up there and and feel ashamed but thank you so much for listening um i will Either I'll override this with another episode or I will, um, yeah, get on schedule with uh, some of the pre-records and line up some good interviews. Thank you for listening. Um, If you haven't, do listen to my brilliant friend Jules's podcast uh, from last week um, where she talked so beautifully and honestly and openly about uh, losing her Losing her daughter, Chloe, Um, if you haven't listened yet to that, um, I mean, I understand if you know of it, but haven't listened, but um, it's, yeah, it's Baby Loss Awareness Week this week, and um, so she's sort of hoping to help raise some awareness and and maybe even help people going through it, so definitely one to, to have a listen to, and if you can support any of the causes, then please, please do. Right, that's me. I feel like I've got absolutely nothing of value to offer at the moment, so I'm going to go to sleep. Lots of love. Lots of love. It's that time of night. Bye. (laughs) 